close the damn border already, huh? Oh, I got stuff coming up on that. Another warning about artificial intelligence, and this warning comes from somebody who should know. And people are starting to fight back on all this woke bullcrap. Yes, welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show on a Tuesday. We're starting our brand new schedule this week, uh, weekdays, Monday through Friday. We're trying it. I, I can tell you it's an experiment, but uh, so far, so good. So, yeah. Uh, coming up later on at the end of our show, we'll be doing, a, uh, I think, the final chapter of White Fang. I don't know we'll get through the whole thing. The last chapter is a bit long, but it's a good one. That's coming up tonight. Also, our Miko update is coming up. Uh, right off the bat, though, want a couple of reminders, uh, just briefly. Uh, first of all, of course, if you're joining us, please hit that follow button. It's right over here on Rumble. We are exclusive on Rumble, and we thank you so much. Costs nothing, absolutely free. We don't spam your inbox, and uh, it really helps the show out a lot. So just hit that button over there that says follow, and we appreciate that. All right, and the other thing is, in the top of our uh, show notes tonight and every night, you will find a link to Jay Sheldon merchandise. It's stuff like this. Our, uh, our Jay Sheldon show uh, mug. We got t-shirts, hoodies, uh, uh, singlets. Uh, you know, I've been overseas so long. We all call them singlets here, not tank tops. But in America, of course, it's tank tops. So, yeah, we got those two. All kinds of cool stuff over there. I didn't jam the store with a bunch of useless crap you don't need. I pretty much put stuff in there that I thought you actually might be interested in. But the other link, the next one down, is a, is a temporary experiment. I went to one of those art-generating AI engines, and I put in the Jay Sheldon show. And then it generated a bunch of pieces of art that, to me, have nothing to do with this show. But that's what AI thought this, this show represented. So, indeed, we... Uh, hang on, let me show you. This, this is, is actually, actually the uh, site that you'll get to with that link. And these are the images, the artwork that AI created for the show. It's weird stuff. They're all been signed by me. I put my signature on each of them. And we're going to have an exclusive deal here. You can buy with they're, they're mounted on canvas. So they're all set. You buy them, you hang them on your wall. They're very unique. They're one of a kinds. And each time any one of these sells 10 units, I'm deleting it, getting rid of it. So there'll only be 10 ever made. You can check it out. Buy one if you want. The artwork is, is so strange. Look at this funny guy. I don't know where this came from, but I absolutely love it. It's the strangest thing. Let's let it load here. There you go. For some reason, they think that's what the Jay Sheldon show represents. So. <laughs> All right, and this one, this is really weird, this strange one here. It's it's freaky, but it's cool. Uh, so, okay, enough plugging my stuff, all right? Let's get on with uh, the most important stuff of all, and that would be an update on our favorite furry little beast, Miko, and the Miko update. Well, you know, this was not recent. This was actually... Mm, a couple years ago, a year ago, I think. And we were up in uh, the middle part of uh, the peninsula here. And uh, this is uh, a niece, uh, I think. And she was, so we took Miko with us, and she was so happy to get to finally meet Miko because she hears about Miko all the time. And she was so impressed, she did a piece of artwork. I know that's very difficult to see. 
but right over here, hang on, let me, there we go. Right over there is the picture she drew and she wrote Miko on it. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant rendition of Miko. Now, sadly, I don't think I, I brought that back. I should have asked, I should have had her sign it and asked for it because I would have had that mounted and, and it's certainly the Michelangelo worthy piece of art. So this popped up on our, you know, Facebook memories page. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's her. She doesn't change very much. She looks pretty much the same. Had a couple of good walks tonight. We had a huge, another huge thunder and rainstorm. The rain was horrible. It was pounding everywhere. Lightning strikes all around the house. We got a hit that knocked our power out. Uh, so yeah, it was wicked. But uh, she, we managed to get back in, just missed the storm, and then went out again tonight and had another walk. So she's doing great. And our Miko update is brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox. BarkBox.com is a, a monthly, monthly subscription service for your dog. Every, every month you get a theme box of goodies. You get two dog toys, two dog bags of dog treats, and a dog chew. Comes to your house, delivered every month. You sign up for one month, six months, 12 months. If you use our special link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, you'll get a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. Check it out. BarkBox.com slash Miko is the place to go, and uh, you can find out more about it. Just click on the link, and off you go. Easy to remember, too. BarkBox.com slash Miko. All right. The border is open. People are flooding in. Title 42 is just about to disappear. And it's going to get worse. I'm telling you. Prepare, folks, because this is a mess. This article from Town Hall kind of sums everything up. Border towns declare a state of emergency ahead of Title 42 being lifted. Take a look at this, and this isn't this is a very fraction, small, tiny little piece of what is waiting to invade the U.S. Border towns along the U.S. Mexico border have declared states of emergency ahead of Title 42 being lifted May 11th. That's just a few days from now. What is expected to saw, uh, cause a huge increase in the number of illegal crossings. El Paso Mayor Oscar Lesser implemented a state of emergency on Monday as cities already have experienced a new wave of illegal immigrants even before Title II was, uh, 42 was officially gone. It resulted in more processed migrants being on city streets after they were released by Border Patrol. Yeah, check them in and just release them. Uh, it says, uh, he, this is from the declaration, I am declaring a state of emergency in our community and the reason why we are declaring is to make sure we can stand up and be prepared for May 11th. Lisa said, noting the city will have to once again stand up makeshift shelters and possibly provide buses for the processed immigrants, allowing them to continue on to their final destination. The city of El Paso, among thousands of others along the border, are being absolutely invaded. And that idiot Biden, and more importantly, his administration, are doing absolutely nothing about it. Nothing except sitting back 
and letting it happen. Unbelievable. All the way down in Brownsville in the Rio Grande Valley, that city's seen a significant increase of illegal crossings. Brownsville may very well be the second to declare a state of emergency. This, uh, this video is absolutely insane. Check this out. These are, like I said, there are literally hundreds of thousands of people waiting to invade. And I don't use that word uh, lightly. Literally invade the U.S. 10,000 illegal immigrants could cross per day once Title 42 is no longer in effect. This is nuts. This is crazy. And they are doing nothing about it. Now, take a look at this idiot, perhaps, in fact, hands down the worst press secretary ever, Karine Jean-Pierre. And listen to this. It's a very short cut. This was just today. The way this moron just lies to your face and thinks we're all stupid enough to believe it. Check this out. Uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90%. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president... You've seen the illegal migration come down 90%. And she says that with a straight face. And she expects you're going to believe it. Uh, it just... They just think you're that stupid. And we're not. Unbelievable. Here's another story about Brownsville. It's in our show notes tonight. They're struggling with a huge arrival of uh, immigrants, illegal immigrants, across the Texas-Mexico border. Officials saying more than 15... Thousand, mostly from Venezuela, have illegally crossed. That's already in just the last week. Shelters in the city. Wait a minute, let me get rid of this stupid ad. Here we go. Shelters in the Texas city struggling to find space Saturday for migrants who authorities say have abruptly began crossing by the thousands from Mexico, testing a stretch of the U.S. border that's typically equipped to handle large groups. The pace of arrivals in Brownsville appeared to catch the city on the southernmost tip of Texas off guard, stretching social services and putting an overnight shelter in the uncommon position of turning people away, which means they just wind up on the streets, which is where eventually they're all going to wind up anyway. Fifth, more than 15,000 migrants, from Venezuela mostly, have illegally crossed the river near Brownsville, since last week. The uh, chief of the U.S. Border Patrol of Rio Grande Valley sector says this is, a, is quite concerning because the logistical challenge that we encounter is massive for us. Yeah. Well, the crime, not to mention fentanyl, and a whole bunch of other crap that these illegal immigrants bring in with them, is a concern for everybody, or it should be. I'm sure that you've seen this story, and if you haven't, you're going to see it now. Illegal immigrant from Mexico is the suspect in a mass shooting of a Honduran family. You're not seeing a lot about it on mainstream media, because, of course, he's not some wasp, but 
because he's an illegal immigrant, they'll bury the story. And there's the murderer now. From Mexico, he had previously been deported multiple times. I've seen three times and five times reported. He is the prime suspect in the killing of a family from Honduras and currently on the run from a large law enforcement manhunt. San Jacinto County Sheriff Greg Capers told reporters they had Francisco Oropesa's consulate card linked him to the shooting. Police say he shot five of his neighbors, including an eight-year-old boy, after they asked him to stop shooting on his property last night. The neighbors asked him to stop shooting. So he went over and killed the whole family. Lovely. Very nice. I reached out to ICE this morning for a comment. They received no response so far. I will update if and when I do. That from uh, Bill Milligan from Fox. The victims in the shooting, Sonia Argentina Guzman, 25, Diana Velasquez Alavaro, Alavardo, 21, uh, Julissa Molina Rivera, 31, Jonathan Cesares, uh, 18, and eight-year-old Daniel Enrique Lasso. Unbelievable. There's some identifying information if you happen to see him. It's out of control, my friends. It is out of control. And as you just heard Corinne Jean-Pierre say, it's, oh, it's 90% better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It ain't. It's a nightmare. And it's going to get worse before it gets better because Biden and his gang will do nothing. No matter what, they're not going to do anything. We need to get rid of this guy. It's a nightmare waiting to happen. Coffee break time. It's insane. All right. AI, artificial intelligence. We have talked about it ad nauseum on this show. We've told you about the dangers. We've told you people's opinions about why and how it works. I have used it. I use it for the thumbnails for our show here. So we create original artwork for our thumbnails. Uh, you know, I, I, I just... <laughs> So far, so good. But the chances of what might happen with this intelligence, this software, basically, is scary. And people who should know are trying to warn us. The, he's called the godfather of AI. His name is Jeffrey Hinton. And he is warning about the dangers of AI. He is so afraid of what's happening. He quit his job at Google. Yeah. AI, AI godfather Jeffrey Hinton warns of the dangers as he quits Google. That's the guy right there. A man widely seen as the godfather of artificial intelligence has quit his job, warning about the growing dangers from developments in the field. He's 75 years old. Can you imagine this old guy, 75, and he's the godfather of AI. He announced his retirement from Google in a statement to the Times, saying he now regrets his work. He told the BBC some of the dangers 
of AI chatbots were, quote, quite scary. Right now, this is a quote, right now they're not more intelligent than us, as far as I can tell, but I think they soon may be. That should scare the hell out of you. Dr. Hinton also accepted his age did play into the decision to leave the tech giant. He says, I'm 75, so it's time to retire. His pioneering research on neural networks and deep learning has really paved the way for AI uh, systems like ChatGPT. Artificial intelligence neural networks are the systems that are similar to the human brain in a way that they learn and process information. And this is what enables AI to learn from experience as you or I would. You know, you put your hand on the hot stove and you learn not to do that again. It's called deep learning. Right now, what we're seeing is things like GPT-4 eclipse a person in the amount of general knowledge it has, and it eclipses them by a long way. This is the doctor talking again. In terms of reasoning, it's not as good, which is scary. But it, all, it does already do simple reasoning. And because it learns on its own, it won't be long. Given the rate of progress, we expect things to get better quite fast. So we need to worry about that. Indeed, we do. The link to this, including the video of his interview with the BBC, is in our show notes tonight. I encourage you to check it out. It is interesting, to say the least. It is scary as hell, to say the most. I'm telling you, it's frightening. All right, you tired of the woke? I'm tired of the woke. Hang on, I got another one here for you. Where is it? Uh, okay, let's switch back to the other camera. Here we go. Let's go to our, our Facebook review. There we go. Okay. Just saw this today. Love it. I thought Sylvester Stallone was going to be more like a Schwarzenegger guy. You know, screw your freedoms. Yeah, we're not forgiving you for that one, Schwarzenegger. But check this out. I love this story. It's like we said, people are beginning to wake up. <laughs> Pun intended, I guess. Uh, from the wokeness. Sylvester Stallone makes it clear no woke crap on his new movie set. Yes! Way to go, Sly! Uh, Hollywood legend Sylvester Stallone has recently announced he will not tolerate any woke crap on the set of his upcoming movie. The actor, known for his iconic roles in Rocky and Rambo franchises, has made it very clear he wants to create a movie that appeals to his core audience. See, Anheuser-Busch, this is somebody who understands what a core audience is and how to appeal to them. He doesn't want to be bogged down by politically correct nonsense. This is quoting Slice Stallone. I'm sick and tired of all this woke nonsense infiltrating the entertainment business. The people want to see real gritty movies that don't pander to the whims of social justice warriors. That's what I'm here 
to deliver. Yes! Stallone's new movie, tentatively called Blood and Guts, is said to be a hard-hitting action thriller. Plenty of violence, explosions, over-the-top machismo. The plot revolves around a retired Marine forced to return to action when his family is threatened by a group of international terrorists. I'm loving it already. He's already assembled a cast of Hollywood heavyweights. Bruce Willis, who I thought was pretty much done, but mm, Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Vin Diesel. There's a name we haven't heard from in a long time. Wow. He's also reportedly hired a team of military advisors to ensure that the movie's action scenes are as realistic as possible. Again, a quote from Stallone. I want this movie to be a tribute to all the tough guys out there who aren't afraid to stand up for what they believe in. It's about time we had a movie that wasn't afraid to embrace traditional values and show the world what real heroism looks like. Yes! Yes, of course, Hollywood is already starting to make the snotty comments and fight back and blah, blah, bullcrap. And Stallone doesn't need to care. And he doesn't care. And good on you, Sly. That is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You know, as a matter of fact, let me... uh, Where is that? Where is fighting... Mm, Where is that? Okay, I, I I thought I had the link. I guess not. Sorry of flipping around the cameras here, but um, uh, there was a video on uh, Twitter today. As a matter of fact, give me a second because you got to see this. It is fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. Where are my bookmarks? Uh, hmm. Why can't I find my bookmarks? They're around here somewhere. Don't go away. I'll uh, I'll find it. Here, ah, here we go. Boy, that's weird. Okay, I- I'm going to share this with you in just one second. Give me a half a moment because you got to see this. People are waking up to this crap, and they're not putting it up, putting up with it anymore. I'll find it. I'll share it as soon as I can. It's a great video of you know how these people are walking into stores. And just walking out with merchandise, with bags of stuff, clothing, electronics. It was a great video. I cannot find it right now. But I will and I'll share it with you on a a Facebook page or Rumble page or something. Um, It's some guy who just has had it. And he grabs these people running out with the bags. He grabs one of them, slams them to the floor, takes the bag away. It's excellent. It really, really is cool as hell so yeah you I'll, I'll put that link up i'm sorry i must have missed it in our show notes tonight i thought i had the video for you but uh, but i guess not hey speaking of uh, woke crap boy did we get some good news today oh yes this is from uh, deadline.com the links in our show notes uh late night shows all these woke idiots are being shut down now It's temporary, sadly, not going to last forever, but the Writers Guild of America is on strike, and that shuts them down. All these morons, left-leaning, liberal crap. I mean, what are they going to do without the Trump jokes, huh? Nightly talk shows, which include uh, The Late uh, Show with Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, 
are set to go dark starting today after the writers agreed to strike. Uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers, The Daily Show, which had correspondent Dolce Sloan host this week, will also be hit. Such weekly shows like Saturday Night Live, Real Time with Bill Maher, and Last Week Tonight with John Oliver will also be impacted, although the final decision on those shows are expected to come later this week. The Late Show, uh, Tonight Show, Late Night, Daily Show, all expected to uh, pivot to reruns. There'll be no new shows. And uh, yeah, a whole lineup of guests that are going to wind up just getting canceled. And uh, Seth Meyers speaking on Late Night said, I love writing. I write for TV. I love writing this show. I love that we get to come in with an idea for what we want to do every day and we get to work on it all afternoon. And then I have the pleasure of coming out here. No one is entitled to a job in show business, but for those people who have a job, they are entitled to fair compensation. They're entitled to make a living. I think it's a very reasonable demand that's being set out by the Guild, and I support these demands. It doesn't say what the demands are, but uh, they have decided to go on strike, and consequently, all these guys are temporarily off the air. And I, for one, couldn't be happier. See ya! If we get really lucky, it'll be permanent. Sadly, it won't. But, you know, nice if it happened. Hey, while you're along for the ride here, do not forget to check out our our links and our show notes. It is where you can find all the stuff that we talk about, all the articles uh, we discuss. You can also find a link... To one of our sponsors, I want to tell you about that now, and that is NordVPN. In today's digital age, online privacy, your security, more important than ever, NordVPN is the perfect solution for protecting your internet activity. With NordVPN, you can browse the web securely, privately, without worrying about hackers and snoopers and even your own internet service provider, your own ISPs spying on you, collecting all your data. Military-grade encryption is what NordVPN uses. Technology ensures your data is safe, it's confidential. Not only do they protect your privacy, but they also unlock a world of online content with over 5,000 servers in 59 countries. You'll be able to access your favorite websites, streaming services from anywhere in the world. And I do mean anywhere, if you know what I mean. Protect your family, your friends, their devices also, because with a single NordVPN account, you can connect up to six devices. And it is so easy. You just open the app, you click one button, you're protected, just like that. Our user-friendly interface, easily connect to any server, just the click of a button. And our 24-7 customer service support, always available around the clock, seven days a week, to help you with any questions or any concerns. Why risk your online security and freedom? Choose NordVPN and enjoy the internet without limitations. Sign up today. Use the link in our show notes. You'll find it right down there. In the show notes is a link for the NordVPN, and you will get a very special deal when you sign up using that link from us here at the uh, Jay Sheldon Show. NordVPN, thank you guys for uh, helping to sponsor the show. All right. 
what else we got going on here? Ooh, this is a weird one. Where is it? I found it! Ha <laughs> ha! You do get to see it. Oh, I'm very pleased. Okay, remember what I said about people getting tired of the woke crap and all the garbage going on? <laughs> You're going to love this one. Here it is. Check this out. There's sound, but it's just people fighting and swearing a lot. But take a look at this guy. Here's, they got the criminals all grabbing the bags, just walking out. And this guy says, uh-uh, ain't happening, not on my watch. He's just a customer. He's not security or anything. But he's done. He's absolutely done with this crap. Look at this. Grabs them, they start to fight back. He throws a punch back. Drops the bags, and there we go. Nice. Nice. Shoves them out the door. Gone. You see? Now, I can't suggest that you do this because you get hurt. These people might be armed. If you're not a security officer or a police officer, you have no, you know, if your life isn't in danger, you're taking a chance, you're going to wind up on the wrong side of the law, especially with some of these idiotic ass nine DAs we have out there. You are the one who will likely wind up getting charged with assault or whatever. Not the criminals who are actually stealing from the store. But that's the way it works nowadays. So you got to keep your head on a swivel. And sadly, much as I applaud this guy for what he's done, good on you, hero of the week. But uh, you have got to be careful. That link is in our show notes if you want to check out that video and share it out there. Because uh, it's a mess. But it is good to see people finally, finally fighting back against this crap all right uh one or two more things here before we get on to our book uh wow great you know rfk jr a democrat and you know me and democrats but i gotta tell you this guy is more like what the democrats used to be before they all went crazy and i do mean crazy this Robert F. Kennedy Jr. guy, I'm liking what I'm hearing. No, you're not, you're not going to make me back down from my support for President Trump. Never. But you need to listen to this guy. And Democrats, I know you're not listening anyway. But you could do yourself an enormous favor by listening to this guy because... He's connecting. His popularity is growing. And he is going to be someone to be dealt with. This is a quote from RFK Jr. who says, Mega billionaires are using climate change to usher in totalitarian control of the population. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. joined Kim Iverson for an exclusive interview this past week. After announcing his official run, he's officially declared for running for president, Boston, uh, late last week. Not your typical communist Democrat. Must be very worried. As RFK Jr. starts making the media rounds, noted he's been an environmentalist for a long time. Years, decades. Um, not a global totalitarian, though. He's a free market capitalist which, which makes, makes him kind of unique on the Democratic, Democratic platform. 
Uh, during his recent discussion, Kennedy said the mega billionaires are using climate change to usher in totalitarian control of the population. And he couldn't possibly be more right. Here, have a listen. Climate issues and pollution issues are being exploited by, you know, the, the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates and all of these uh, big, you know, mega billionaires, the same way that COVID was exploited, uh, to use it as an excuse to clamp down top-down totalitarian controls on society and to um, and then to give us engineering solutions. And if you look closely, as it turns out, the guys who are promoting those engineering solutions are the people who, who own the IPs, the patents for those solutions. Oh, it's a way, you know, it's, it's being used. They've given climate uh, chaos a bad name, you know, because people now see that it's just another crisis that's being used to strip mine the wealth of the poor and to, you know, to enrich billionaires. And, uh, you know, I, I, for 40 years, have had the same policy on climate and engineering. You can go check my speeches from the 1980s. And I've said the most important solution for environmental issues is not top-down controls. It's free market capitalism. Folks, I'm telling you right now, Kennedy is polling at about 20% on the Democrat side. If that number gets to 25 or 30%, this is, this, this they're not going to be able to put this genie back in the bottle. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. You're not going to put that genie back in the bottle from that commentator. Uh, you know, like I said, we point out all the idiocies and stupidity of the Democrats and their ridiculous policies and what it's doing to destroy our wonderful country on a daily basis. We started our show talking about open borders and the mess that's creating that they will do nothing about except lie that it's 90% reduced. Bullcrap. Anyway, keep an eye on this RFK Jr. guy. He'd been around for a long time, obviously. His family's been in politics forever. And... Uh, He's got some interesting points. I hope more Democrats can get behind him. That would be a fight I'd like to see. Donald Trump versus RFK Jr. That would be a very interesting 2024 presidential campaign. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Think about that. Hmm. All right. We got uh, one more, I think we do, here. Let's see what we got. And we always like to uh, wind up the show with a, with a piece of good news or, you know, something that is make you laugh, make you think. This is a tweet, but it's a brilliant one. It's just words on a page, which I will read for you. And I put the link in our show notes so that you can, you can share, share it out, out there. Yeah. Spread the good news yourself. I had never heard this before. When we think about Abraham Lincoln, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is the Gettysburg Address, freeing the slaves. But he said a lot of things in his political career, and one that I had never heard of before. And it's very poignant, especially in the days that we live in now. We have forgotten God. This is from Abraham Lincoln. 
We've been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We've been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We've grown in numbers, wealth, power, as no other nation has ever grown. We've forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us, then, to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for elemency and forgiveness. The words of Abraham Lincoln. Wow. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love that. So nice. All right. It's time to move on to the final chapter of White Fang. As we always let you know, we read books on this show in the last part. We've been doing it from almost the very beginning, 357 shows ago. I know, a long time. Uh, we've done Alice in Wonderland, uh, The Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, uh, Peter Pan. So many great children's, classic children's books. And uh, we've been doing White Fang for a long time now because it's a long book. However, one of our great viewers, listeners out there, uh, suggested that because of the nature of our show, maybe we should do George Orwell's 1984. And guess what? We are. Starting as soon as we're done with this book, which I don't, this chapter is very long. It's the last one. We might have to split it up into two, or we may get all the way through it tonight. But when we're done in our next show, we will start George Orwell's 1984, and I cannot wait. I know the book. I know all the quotes. I've seen all the bits and pieces and the theory behind the book. But to be perfectly honest with you, I've never read the entire book. So we'll read it together coming up as soon as we're done with this, which is White Fang and uh, the final chapter, chapter five, The Sleeping Wolf. It was about this time that the newspapers were full of the daring escape of a convict from San Quentin prison. He was a ferocious man. He'd been ill-made in the making. He'd not been born right, and he'd not been helped by any of the molding he'd received at the hands of society. The hands of society are harsh, and this man was a striking example of its handiwork. He was a beast, a human beast. It is true, but nevertheless so terrible a beast that he can best be characterized as carnivorous. In San Quentin prison, he'd proved incorrigible. Punishment failed to break his spirit. He could die dumb mad and fighting to the last, but he could not live and be beaten. The more fiercely he fought, the more harshly society handled him. And the only effect of harshness was to make him fiercer. Straitjackets, starvation, beatings, clubbings, the wrong treatment for Jim Hall. But it was the treatment he received. It was the treatment he'd received from the time he was a little pulpy boy. 
in a San Francisco slum, soft clay in the hands of society and ready to be formed into something. It was during Jim Hall's third term in prison that he encountered a guard that was almost as great a beast as he. The guard treated him unfairly, lied about him to the warden, lost his credits, persecuted him. The difference between them was that the guard carried a bunch of keys and a revolver. Jim Hall had only his naked hands and his teeth, but he sprang upon that guard one day and used his teeth on the other's throat, just like any jungle animal. After this, Jim Hall went to live in the incorrigible cell. He lived there three years. The cell was of iron, the floor, walls, the roof. He never left his cell. He never saw the sky nor the sunshine. Day was a twilight and night a black silence. He was in an iron tomb, buried alive. He saw no human face, spoke to no human thing. When his food was shoved into him, he growled like a wild animal. He hated all things. For days and nights, he bellowed his rage at the universe. For weeks and months, he never made a sound, in the black silence eating his very soul. He was a man and a monstrosity, as fearful a thing of fear as ever gibbered in the visions of a maddened brain. And then, one night, he escaped. The warders said it was impossible, but nevertheless, the cell was empty, and half in, half out of it, lay the body of a dead guard. Two other dead guards marked his trail through the prison to the outer walls, and he'd killed with his hands to avoid noise. He was armed with the weapons of the slain guards, a live arsenal that fled through the hills pursued by the organized might of society. A heavy price of gold was placed on his head. Avacaricious farmers hunted him with shotguns. His blood might pay off a mortgage or send his son to college. Public-spirited citizens took down their rifles and went out after him. A pack of bloodhounds followed the way of his bleeding feet, and the sleuth-hounds of the law, the paid fighting animals of society with telephone, telegraph, and special train, clung to his trail night and day. Sometimes they came upon him. Men faced him like heroes or stampeded through barbed wire fences to the delight of the commonwealth reading of the account at the breakfast table. It was after such encounters that the dead and wounded were carted back to the towns, their places filled by men eager for the manhunt. And then Jim Hall disappeared. The bloodhounds vainly quested on the lost trail. Inoffensive ranchers in remote valleys were held up by armed men and compelled to identify themselves while the remains of Jim Hall were discovered on a dozen mountainsides by greedy claimants for blood money. In the meantime, the newspapers were read at Sierra Vista with not so much interest as anxiety. The women were afraid. Judge Scott pooh-poohed and laughed, and 
Not with reason, for it was in his last days on the bench that Jim Hall had stood before him and received sentence. In an open courtroom before all men, Jim Hall had proclaimed the day would come when he would wreak vengeance on the judge that sentenced him. For once, Jim Hall was right. He was innocent of the crime for which he'd been sentenced. It was a case in the parlance of thieves and police of railroading. Jim Hall was being railroaded to prison for a crime he had not committed. Because of the two prior convictions against him, Judge Scott imposed him a sentence of 50 years. Judge Scott did not know all things, and he did not know that he was party to a police conspiracy. That the evidence was hatched, perjured, that Jim Hall was guiltless of the crime charged. And Jim Hall, on the other hand, did not know that the judge was merely ignorant. Jim Hall believed the judge knew all about it, and was hand-in-glove with the police in the perpetration of the monstrous injustice. And so it was, with the doom of fifty years of a living death uttered by Judge Scott, that Jim Hall, hating all things in the society that misused him, rose up and raged in the courtroom until dragged down by a half-dozen of his blue-coated enemies. To him, Judge Scott was the keystone in the arch of injustice, and upon Judge Scott he emptied the vials of his wrath and hurled the threats of his revenge yet to come. Then Jim Hall went to his living death and escaped. Of all this, White Fang knew nothing. But between him and Alice, the master's wife, there existed a secret. Each night, after Sierra Vista had gone to bed, she rose and let in White Fang to sleep in the big hall. Now, White Fang was not a house dog, nor was he permitted to sleep in the house. So each morning early, she'd slip down and let him back out before the family was awake. On one such night, when the house slept, White Fang awoke and lay very quietly. Very quietly he smelled the air and read the message it bore of a strange god's presence. And to his ears came sounds of the strange god's movements. White Fang burst into no furious outcry. It was not his way. The strange god walked softly, but more softly walked White Fang for he had no clothes to rub against the flesh of his body. He followed silently. In the wild he'd hunted live meat that was infinitely timid, and he knew the advantage of surprise. The strange god paused at the foot of the great staircase and listened, and White Fang was as dead, so without movement, as he, as he watched and waited, up that staircase the way led to the love master and to the love master's dearest possessions. White Fang bristled, but waited. The strange god's foot lifted. He was about to begin the ascent. And then it was that White Fang struck. 
And that's where we're going to leave it off because that's a perfect spot for a cliffhanger. All right, coming up on tomorrow night's show, we will finish, I promise, we will finish White Fang. And then we will move on to George Orwell's 1984. Wow. All right. Hey, folks, thanks so much for popping by. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Don't forget to like and subscribe or follow button. It's right here. Just give it a click. We really appreciate that. Spread the word, share the show out, and let everybody know about it. I will see you again tomorrow night at 10. This has been the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night.